so he wanted to redraft his will to make a trust in favour of his sister Jean and her two children. I am sorry to say that I was so ignorant of this client that I did not even know he was unmarried and had no issue of his own. He finished up by saying that he was too unwell to travel down to London, and he suggested that perhaps a junior member of the firm might be sent up to see him and arrange the matter. This fitted in with my arrangements fairly well, because when I got this letter I was just leaving for a fortnight's fishing holiday on Loch Shiel. I wrote and told him that I would visit him on my way south, and I put the file concerning his affairs in the bottom of my suitcase to study one evening during my vacation. When I got to Ayr, I took a room at the station hotel, because in our correspondence there had been no suggestion that he could put me up. I changed out of my plus fours into a dark business suit and went to call upon my client. He did not live at all in the manner I had expected. I did not know much about his estate, except that it was probably well over twenty thousand pounds, and I had expected to find my client living in a house with a servant or two. Instead, I discovered that he had a bedroom and a sitting room on the same floor of a small private hotel just off the seafront. He was evidently leading the life of an invalid, though he was hardly more than fifty years old at that time, ten years younger than I was myself. He was as frail as an old lady of eighty, and he had a peculiar grey look about him which didn't look good at all to me. All the windows of his sitting-room were shut, and after the clean air of the lochs and moors I found his room stuffy and close. He had a number of budgerigars in cages in the window, and the smell of these birds made the room very unpleasant. It was clear from the furnishings that he had lived in that hotel and in that room for a good many years. He told me something about his life as we discussed the will. He was quite affable and pleased that I had been able to come to visit him myself. He seemed to be an educated man, though he spoke with a marked Scots accent. "'Live very quietly, Mr. Strawn, he said. "'My health will not permit me to go far abroad. "'Whilst I get out upon the front on a fine day and sit for a time, "'and then again Maggie, that's the daughter of Mrs. Doyle who keeps the house, "'Maggie wheels me out in the chair. "'Oh, they're very good to me here.' "'Turning to the matter of the will, he told me that he had no close relatives at all "'except his sister Jean Paget.' Forby my father might have left what you might call an indiscretion or two in Australia, he said. I would not say that there might not be some of those about, though I have never met one or corresponded. Jean told me once that my mother had been so distressed. Women talk about these things, of course, and my father was a lusty type of man. His sister Jean had been an officer in the WAX in the 1914-18 war, and she had married a Captain Paget in the spring of 1917. It was not a very usual sort of marriage, he said thoughtfully. You must remember that my sister Jean had never been out of Scotland till she joined the army, and the greater part of her life had been spent in Perth. Arthur Paget was an Englishman from Southampton in Hampshire. I have nothing against Arthur, but we had all naturally thought that Jean would have married a Scot. Still, I would not say, but it has been a happy marriage, or as happy as most. After the war was over, Arthur Paget had got a job upon a rubber estate in Malaya, somewhere near Taiping, and Jean, of course, went out there with him. From that time, Douglas McFadden had seen little of his sister. She had been home on leave in 1926 and again in 1932. 
She had two children, Donald, born in 1918, and Jean, born in 1921. These children had been left in England in 1932 to live with the Paget parents and to go to school in Southampton, while their mother returned to Malaya. My client had only seen them once, in 1932, when their mother brought them up to Scotland. The present position was that Arthur Paget had been killed in a motor accident somewhere near Ipoh. He had been driving home at night from Kuala Lumpur and had driven off the road at high speed and hit a tree. Probably he fell asleep. His widow, Jean Paget, was in England. She had come home a year or so before his death, and she had taken a small house in Bassett, just outside Southampton, to make a home for the children and to be near their schools. It was a sensible arrangement, of course, but it seemed to me to be a pity that the brother and the sister could not have arranged to live nearer to each other.